This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by Baxter University's History Department, now hosting a fascinating exhibit of Iranian artifacts. Baxter University, you couldn't wish for a better education. Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey. And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. And it's Wishmaster Week on Pod Cemetery with 1999's Wishmaster 2, Evil Never Dies. And we're stretching a little bit here, Wishmaster 3, Beyond the Gates of Hell from 2001. Because we thought that was the end of the series, but it's not. There's a it's fourth not. one. There is a fourth one that was filmed immediately after Wishmaster 3. Like, they were filmed back-to-back, like it's the second and third Matrix movies, mm-hmm. or all of Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. That's how big this was going to be, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking. This will probably be a shorter episode after yet uh, last week's marathon. Very long episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right, getting started with our first movie, 1999's Wishmaster 2, Evil Never Dies, written and directed by Jack Shoulder, based on characters created by Peter Atkins. After a while, Peter... I would understand if you stopped wanting to get credit. (laughs) (laughs) If you remember from when we did the first Wishmaster movie, I actually really, really liked it. And that's why we're kind of doing both Wishmaster movies together. It's more for my sake than it is for Kelsey's. Yep. And I am sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was actually surprised. I re-listened to the episode, and I was surprised to find out how much I enjoyed the first one. And it actually put me in a better mood to watch the second one. And then, after hearing my thoughts on the first one, the second one, it's like, okay, so big, big step down. Yeah. But still, within the realm of kind of what they were going for in the first one... And then there's three. It just <laughs> completely devolves. Bo- okay, so yeah, it's... I, I was saying to my friends that the Wishmaster series just gets worse. And there's an implication that they're all bad in that statement. And that's not true. Like I said last time around, I really liked the first Wishmaster movie. Written by Peter Atkins, a friend of... A listener of the show. Uh, another Peter. And... Really, really bummed to find out that the series does not continue that level of fun. Nope. Like, not at all. Anyway, we'll we'll get into the specifics right now. The second one tried. It does. Uh, Wishmaster 2, Evil Never Dies, stars Andrew Devoff, still. Holly Fields, Paul Johansson, and Tommy Tiny Debo Lister Jr., what is Wishmaster 2 about? It's the same thing as the first movie. He gets released accidentally, and the person who released him has to figure out how to put him back into 
the gym. And his goal is to get the person that released him to make three wishes so he can bring his world to Earth and the djinn can rule over the Earth. The djinn is a race. We never see another djinn in all three movies we've seen so far. Um, You could very easily argue, and I was going to say this. Is that the third one is a different one? Is a different djinn because uh-huh. it's no longer in the same fire opal. It isn't? No, it's a different, they call it something else. Plus, it's not in the same no, it is. statue anymore. It is. It's in a little. It's in the little box, yeah. and the thing slides open, and she takes the jewel out of that. I don't think it's the same one, but I don't know, something, but you could either theoretically way, argue you could very easily gin. argue it's just a different gin. Because this is the last one that Andrew Devoff is in, because apparently he wrote a script for the third one, and they rejected it. And so he's like, all right, well, then I'm just not going to do it. And they're like, we don't care. Like, he wasn't everything about the Wish Master. Yeah, like, like he's not the reason you enjoyed the first one. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, granted, there's the behind-the-scenes stuff, like the writing and stuff like that, sure. But... He's the only reason two is any good. Yes, I, w- I would agree. The movie is available with subscriptions to Prime Video. Uh, you can rent it for $4 on most services and buy it for 7 this one in particular went direct to video, number two. So it was the first one that went direct to video. It first aired on HBO and then on Sci-Fi. Should people watch Wishmaster 2? No. No. You don't no. need to. Watch the, the first one and just leave it there. Yeah, enjoy the first one and don't even be curious about the few good moments of 2. We'll tell you about them now and you'll note you'll notice that there's very few highlights here. And the highlights that are here are not great, so Mm -hmm. I would not recommend you watch this. One of the highlights, I would argue, is the general scheme of the djinn. Like, okay, yes. But it doesn't make a good movie. It doesn't make an interesting movie. Like, if a djinn was real and they really did have to get that many souls... I would totally believe... What this guy does is exactly what I would probably do Uh if that was my goal. But that doesn't mean that it's an interesting plot to watch. Yeah. He has a goal to get a thousand souls by granting wishes. And I don't think it's really clear. Is it like one or the other he can do? He can either get the person who released him to wish three wishes or he can get a thousand souls, one or the other, and then... He has to do both. Oh. He has to get the 1,001 souls. Oh, they, they completely drop that in the third one. 100%. Yeah. 100%. They completely drop all the mythology that the first two movies try to develop. But yeah, he has to get a thousand and one souls, and then she has to make her three wishes. All three wishes have to be made. Once they have been, then he and the rest of the djinn rule the earth. Yep. And if you're thinking, well, then why doesn't she just wish for him back into the fire opal? They do actually uh, talk about that in this movie. So they give a stupid ass explanation why you can't just do that. You have to be tricksy because he's tricksy. Yep. So take our advice, we'll say. But you could leave it if you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> when we get back, we will talk about 1999's Wishmaster 2. Evil never dies. Whatever you desire, he can deliver. Whatever you imagine, he will invent. All you have to do 
is say the word. I wish. For one wish, some will surrender their souls. I claim that which is owed. How many souls does he have? And others. You want to spend eternity in his hell? Then help us. Help yourself. Will fight for their lives. Shall we dance? Do you want to explain this to me? You needed to chill out. My kingdom will reign on this earth. Prepare yourself for the next level of terror. Make your wishes. Wishmaster 2, evil never dies. All right, Kelsey, get us started. How does Wishmaster 2 begin? So we've got a couple of art thieves who I guess break into, was it Robert Englund that owned this? Robert Englund was the, yes, the curator. curator of the art pieces in the first movie, yeah. So I guess they're stealing from Robert Englund, and the police end up shooting, which ends up knocking the jewel loose. And not the police, just some security guards. Yeah, some security guards, true. Corey Haim is killed, I guess? Yeah, one guy gets killed, another guy gets shot, so then his girlfriend shoots the police, or I guess not police, but the security guard, ends up killing the security guard. Yes. And in this kerfuffle, the the opal is knocked loose and broken, which is exactly what happened in the first one. And a person did have to die in the first one as well. Yeah. Uh, but so this girl is all sad because her boyfriend is dying. But she leaves because he tells her the to leave and coming. the police are coming. Yeah. So while he's sitting there bleeding out. I wrote down this is really gross. What was I? What do you think? So I said the gin comes out and he's like leaking and then he's just this mass oh, with legs. Right. Yes. He's like and then this he's got a giant face. bubbling mass and then yeah. Yeah, his face comes out of it. And it's, yeah, it's gross. And he's like, oh, do you want me to wish the pain away? Right. Okay. Now, this movie series requires you to make unspecific wishes because if you made specific wishes, they couldn't work around it, right? And yeah, his whole thing that. is taking things people want and distorting them, monkey's paw-like, into ways that he can kill them and get their soul. Now, I'm fine with that as a concept. I'm not fine with it when he finds ways to make it work that it doesn't affect him. That pisses me off. Now, on top of that, this guy who is laying here dying and in pain and seeing this crazy shit happening. This is kind of a problem. His wish is... He wishes that he was never born because... He knows he's had a bad effect on his girlfriend, and it's just like, you know what? And his life is shit. And he's like, you know what? I just wish I was never born. And if you're thinking, hey, wait a minute. Isn't that how they solved the problem of the last movie? Yeah, that's pretty much exactly how they solved the problem in the last movie. And They went back in time. They changed the past with the wish, which made it so the djinn was never let out of the gem. Which is exactly what should have happened here. And you're probably thinking, oh, wow, this movie ends really quickly. It unfortunately does not. And... What he does is he turns him into a baby, and it's real until he disappears completely. They try to get around it later on in the movie by the djinn saying effectively that he cannot be killed by the wishes. You know, now there's a prophecy now, and she needs to fulfill the prophecy. And it's like, but isn't that the same exact fucking thing from the original? Why was he able to be affected by that wish? Like, yeah, I understand how you're solving it for this movie. 
but you're the, you're two movies into a series now, and you need to recognize the shit that happened in the last movie. It's stupid bullshit that they could have very easily ignored by just having him say, I wish the pain would be gone. And then he could just kill him, which, does he do that in this movie or in the fourth, in, in the third one? I'm sure he does it more than once. So why not just do it here? Do you that, want me to end your pain? Yeah, I'll end your pain by killing you. Yeah. yeah. I, it's a stupid way to do it, but it's a way to make it not make any sense and to make your ending not make any damn sense. Yeah. Ugh. What's the main character's name, Kelsey? Do you remember? I don't know that I ever wrote it down. Morgana. Oh, yes, I do remember Morgana because I was like, oh, see, it is a girl's name. Yep. Persona 5 is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> it bothered me so much. <laughs> but Morgana is generally a reference to Morgan Le Fay from Knights of the Round Table, that mythology. So then the Wishmaster is now like a full formed person. Uh, and the security guard, another one, shows up and tells him to freeze, which, of and course... And so, yeah, okay, so my argument was it's an imperative statement with no object given, right? So he can interpret that however he wants, and he's, okay, I will freeze. I'll freeze you. I'll freeze the room. But he, he literally freezes the guy that's telling him to freeze. Right. Right. But So that's how he gets around is with... with Grammar pedantry. <laughs> yes, and it's, I, I mean, that's abusive enough to the mythology right there. I mean, already they've completely ruined it with the first wish, but that's already abusing the fucking mythology. They will, at by the end, once they're in Vegas, they will have completely just been like, eh, we're just going to make it work for the story and yep, make uh -huh. it do whatever we want it to yep. do. Which is a bummer. Yeah. So, uh, what else is happening? So they end up arresting the Wishmaster. Because he you just might, sticks around. And yep. you might be thinking, why on earth would he want to do that? Yeah. Well, think about it, guys. He needs a thousand and one souls. Where's a place that you can go where everyone has a lot of wishes to be made? And not a lot of concern for their soul. Yes. Prison. Prison. It is a good idea. And he goes right to prison. Like, we don't see any court like he's never in jail he's just in prison yeah well i mean movies don't want to deal with our prison system yeah people have this idea that if you commit a crime the very next day you're going to go into court it doesn't work that way right. it takes months and months and mm -hmm. months and he doesn't even have an identity so like yeah how, how are they arresting yeah. him it's, it's ridiculous yeah, i guess he's john doe but still but this is not a movie that really cares this movie this movie just wants to be a clever horror comedy and it is not it's clever. not either yeah <laughs> it's not clever at it's not, all it's not that great a horror and it's not funny no so uh, there are moments of funniness but not a lot he does he does actually now that i think about it he does actually go to jail where he's put in with a bunch of other inmates and there is just a way too long scene where he's just bargaining with the dude in jail, his soul for a wish. Mm -hmm. And he, oh, I want to walk right through these bars or whatever. Is there something you'd like? Yeah. How about your tight little yuppie ass? Oh, I'm no yuppie. Don't fuck with me, bitch. Fuck up your life, you cocksucker. You understand what I'm saying? I believe you mean you'll do me great bodily harm if I'm deceiving me. I'm not. Make a wish. 
Any wish you All like. All right. Uh, Those are nice shoes you got there. What are they? Some kind of English I shit? No. Take them off. Take the fucking shoes off, or you're gonna. I like you're a powerful man. Don't <laughs> you waste your power. I'm giving you the chance to wish for anything you like in the world. You can do better than a pair of shoes. Whoa! You're a fucking genie. He's a fucking genie. We're a fucking genie in ourselves. You're a genie, huh? Yes. Okay. okay, fine. Because I'm gonna make a wish. Wish don't come true. I'm gonna own you, white yellow yuppie motherfucker playing ass. Wish comes true, I own you. The fucking state owns me. All right. Okay. Fine. Great. You see the bars there? I wanna, I wanna walk right through the bar. Right on out of the jail. Come on, Gene. Done. He forces his body to smush through the bars, killing him. Yes. And nobody asks any questions about that. Well, <laughs> after you've seen something like that, are you going to do anything about to this guy? I yeah. certainly wouldn't. But more importantly, he's always really upfront in the beginning. You make a wish, I get your soul. You make a wish, I get your soul. And that's because a lot of people, A, don't believe in souls, B, don't care, but then there's a part, and I'm pretty sure it's in this one, towards the end where somebody asks him, what do you get if I do this? And he just says, the pleasure of seeing you get your choice. And, I, and okay, so now he's just not telling people that, they get their, that he gets their souls? So now he gets to lie? I thought that part of this was that he had to be truthful about it. But again, it, it's just, it's whatever works for the movie. They don't care about creating a mythos. And... In my opinion, if you're going to base your entire thing on this mythical character, then you should be invested in its rules and its history. But yeah. they're not. It's around here somewhere that we get the first mention of the name of the deity that he's supposed to be, which is Ahura Mazda. Okay. So the problem is, that's a real deity. I mean, real, right? Mm-hmm. In... Zoroastrianism, which is an old, 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 still practiced Iranian religion. Aura Mazda literally means Lord of Wisdom, and he is like the creator god and is benevolent and undeceiving is literally a word here used when I was looking. Like, the whole point is that he doesn't deceive people. And I guess if you want to make, like, the the argument that, oh, that's part of his deception is he's convinced people that he doesn't deceive or whatever. But, like, you're taking a real creator god from a real religion and then just making him this asshole jinn and, like, you don't even mention Zoroastrianism at all. Uh, like, I don't know, commit to the to the... To the lore. Lore. If you're going to start creating it, tell us more about that, at the very least. Mm-hmm. You know, let alone maybe don't be a dickhead about it. <laughs> we get to see Morgana finding out about this guy who just took the blame for, uh-huh. her, for her crimes. Why would he do that? Yeah. And she's she finds out that her boyfriend is either dead or they couldn't find him, so I guess missing. And she just is sitting there crying. And literally, guys... She's doing the whole, like, shaking of the shoulders. Why? 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 <laughs> like, what you see in, in parody movies. Yeah, uh-huh. And you're sitting there thinking, does she not know that this is supposed to be serious? Or is this supposed to be uh-huh. a comedy? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to be that. I think you're supposed to get all the comedy from... The Jin's interaction. That's what I thought. With all but the But now people. I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, it was too over no, the top. No, I just think she's not a great actress. Okay. Sorry. Morgana will also go to her old friend, who's now a 
priest. Yes, Gregory, Paul Johansson. Who was once in love with her, but it sounds like he went to the priesthood because she wouldn't be with him. I don't fucking know. Yeah, it's really, really, like, this guy seems like a total creep, (laughs) and they want to make him, like, a hero. Yes. Which is really bad. It's also this weird thing where they start making it religious, but, like, Christian religion. Yes, and that Christianity defeats... This gin, yeah. like he's an enemy of Christ or something like that. Yeah. It's like, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like, I, I thought that was weird in this movie. And then in the third one, there's also a church moment. And I'm like, why do they keep making it about Christianity? And then they really make it about Christianity. Because that's what our, our audience. Exactly. That's what their audience knows. Exactly. What a great opportunity to grab something interesting that people don't already know about. Mm-hmm. So, yes, inside the prison, meanwhile. He's just collecting souls. Yes, and this guy comes up to him, and he's got these twins that follow behind him that know karate. (laughs) And there's, like, he ends up, I don't know, enchanting them to beat him up. To beat up their boss guy. But I don't remember what the wish was that got them there. And the music that plays here is He's talking about how he wants to get high. And he says something like oh, yeah, he, he wants, wants to drugs. get he wants to get smashed stomped or into stomped the into the ground. Yeah, uh huh. And then so because he's talking about drugs, but he didn't say it literally. Now his henchmen, his twin karate henchmen, <laughs> end up kicking the shit out of him. This is also around the time when Tiny Lister shows up as a as a guard at the prison and is like, oh, "I'm watching you." Yeah. <laughs> But another guy, another prisoner who I've seen before, I knew this one. Robert Lasardo, who plays Grease in this, or Grease, or whatever his name is. He's been in a whole hell of a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what you might know him from. I've definitely seen him before. He has 177 acting credits. Okay, well then don't go through it. But he... Ends up telling this whole story about how he's in jail for not doing anything. And he's like, well, what do you wish for? And he's like, I wish I could see my lawyer fuck himself. So what he ends up doing is he actually gets to watch his lawyer fuck himself. But it's specifically after he's telling him that he can get him off. So they needed some sort of monkey's paw irony here and the irony is is that this guy was actually going to get out of prison because his lawyer figured out a way to get him off on a technicality or something like that but then his wish comes true where he fucks himself and now he's dead or whatever and now the guy's stuck in prison still that's the irony and it's like it relies on the fact that this guy was already going to get out of prison it's not the wish itself that that like teases him with that which also by the way just because your lawyer dies doesn't mean that all of his cases just suddenly disappear Uh someone else gets the case no but he knew something that nobody else knew and now Mm. what is the thing what is the thing that could have gotten me off maybe he he screams at him okay so we see this guy fuck himself which think about this (laughs) you know that the wish is for the lawyer to fuck himself and you know we're about to see that happen what do you imagine we see I will explain to you what we see, and you can what determine you if that comports. Because this was not what I thought was coming. I thought we were physically going to see him fuck himself, but I was literally like, "That's that. how are we going to do? Are we going to see his dick grow really long? And yeah, then, that's like, what I was wondering. I was wondering if we were going like, to see a bulge, 
and like and then him, travel around his yeah, legs. Exactly. Yeah, That's uh-huh. what I thought we were going to no. see. Instead, we see him fall to the ground with his arms on the table. His legs come up behind him, and then his legs turn around. That doesn't make any fucking sense. They don't care. They thought it was funny. It's the stupidest, most infantile, yes. like, middle schoolers laughing about something yes. joke. It is bad. Ever. And meanwhile, this guy's yelling at him, what about my case, man? It's much funnier seeing his look of just, what the fuck? Well, That's mo- the funny but part. It's, it's, he's more concerned about the fact that he's going to be stuck in prison mm. than he is about the fact that he's watching somebody fuck himself. Yes. Like, that's that's the funny part, I would say. Yeah. <gasps> what about my case, man? <gasps> what about my case, man? But it's not even that funny. Nope. Then, because she's now talking to the priest, Morgana is told that she has to find peace because apparently now in this version you have to be pure to do it, to put Mm -hmm. him back in his prison, which I'm pretty sure was not part of one in any way. Oh, there's going to be a moment where she needs to get pure and it's like a montage. It is one of the most disgusting things. Guys, to get pure, like, okay, so she was a, you know, she's a thief, right? So she's got piercings and she wears makeup and has braids in her hair. She's got this sort of, <laughs> like, sexy punk goth thing going for her. So to get pure, she takes her makeup off, which means just taking off her lipstick. Uh, she needs to take care of her hair, which means taking out the hair tie of one of her braids. She then takes all of her rings off. This is the longest part of it because she has a ton uh-huh. of rings. And I don't just mean piercings because you might be like, oh, she must have a ton of piercings. No, she has a couple of piercings. It's mostly just rings on her fucking fingers. It just reminded me of that John Mulaney bit where he talks about goth people and all the work they have to go through when they get up in the morning to be all goth <sighs> and putting on all their Satan stars. <laughs> and like all that. that just reminded me of that. It's just that if you're a goth person... Every single day you have to put on, like, new makeup and nail polish and Satan stars. Like, I bet you part of the reason goths are so miserable is they wake up every morning and think, oh, God, I gotta put all that shit back on. Like, that's the level of unpure she is. Yes. It's so ridiculous. But, unexplained, what happens next? The biggest thing she has to do to make herself pure, and later she will say, I had to get rid of my own devils, not demons. Very specifically, she says devils. Uh Uh-huh. The way that she does this is cutting off her pinky. Like she was a Yakuza atoning for some sort of mistake. I was raised (laughs) in the Catholic Church. I've never heard... Anything about cutting off a finger anywhere. Like, I don't know where this came from. We also have to mention that part of her purity is that she changes her clothes. Yes. And instead of wearing black, now she's wearing white and baby blue and like, stuff no, like that. Like, no, like a lavender, but it's yeah. also, not, like, it's not even like she's covering up. It's like a tank top. Like, I'm just like. Yeah. It's something that's like, you know, like. I, like, I wouldn't have been allowed to wear that to my high school. <laughs> like the sexy church girl look she has going for yes, her. That's yes. her being pure now. Yes, exactly. If the idea was that her clothes could make her unpure. This doesn't help. (laughs) Nope. Nope. And it is just no other explanation. It doesn't even get brought up other than she says, I had to get rid of my own devils, not demons. Yeah. Why? Speaking of demons. (laughs) 
There is a moment when Gregory has a conversation with the djinn in prison. He goes to visit him because they figured out that the djinn that she's seeing in her visions. Some research that she did. Yeah, is, is well, it's the same one that she researched. She sees visions every time he kills somebody. That's something that carries over into the third movie. Yeah. Is this guy that took the rap for her and he's in prison and he's collecting these souls. Oh God, we got to stop him. Gregory goes to talk to him and says, you won't succeed. The djinn says, who's going to stop me? God will stop you. God has nothing to do with this. Like again, it's Christianity versus the evil God of a foreign religion. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, God has everything to do with this. Be gone, Satan. And then the djinn responds, I think you have your demons mixed up, father. Mm -hmm. So the demon, the djinn self-identifies as a demon. And he is in a hell, which later on sort of evolves into literally just he's in hell. But his hell is inside is a different the fire dimension. opal. Well, it's a different dimension that he's, so he's trapped inside the fire opal. But inside that fire opal is this other dimension where apparently the rest of his species also lives. But again, we, we never see. see him. We never see. Yeah. But anyway, he's still granting wishes in prison. Tiny Lister gives a wish. He says something to him. I don't remember what. And the djinn says, is that a wish? And he says, no, that's my order. You just got a money. Hey, I'm going to keep it up to the rest. Eat your damn eyes out. Is that your wish, sir? That's my order. i tell you what my wish is. I'm all ears. I wish I could slow dance with you for one minute alone. Okay, I get what they're going for here. They mean like kick your ass. I want a minute alone in a room with you so I can beat the shit out of you. I get that that's what they're going for, but I've never heard of the concept Compton slow dance. Okay, that is not my problem here. <laughs> I have lots of problems with this scene, but I'm just going to talk about my main problem here. Uh -huh. These wishes, now granted, he can turn these wishes into anything he wants to make them unpleasant for the uh, for the person who made the wish. Yeah. And it never affects him, right? I'm fine with that. I get that. I see that. I understand it. Well, you gotta be specific. It's all about the words you use. I want to slow dance with you Compton style. Do you know how excited I was when he said that? Because I you thought, thought he was literally gonna slow dance with We him? were going to get some sort of slow dance situation, <laughs> which we did not. We did not. Instead, and they're not even in Compton. I was expecting at the very least to get a Compton background. <laughs> nope. They're just in a room. I was so mad. Alone. Nothing, and he's going to beat the shit out of him. happened. And then the djinn turns into the literal demonic version of himself. Right? So he's not just the dude. Now he's the demon version of him. And then that freaks Tiny Lister out and he kills him there. How does he get out of prison? They're they live in Compton. <laughs> Nothing with what he says happens. I know. They do that so often in these sequels where it's like the whole joy of the first movie is to see their wishes be distorted. Mm -hmm. These movies, it's just, you just don't get to see the wishes come true. The closest you get is the fucking himself one. And that's not even, it, it doesn't compute in your brain how that's supposed to fucking work. Like, it, it's just, oh, God. But anyway, he befriends this Russian mobster guy who's very interested in his ability to grant wishes. Osip. Now, why, why did he let him out? It ends up being in his favor that he did. Oh, I think he was, like, sort of promising him more souls. 
because he was like advertising for him in the prison, you I know? Yes. And so like that's how he was able to convince people to give him souls. And so he just needed a hench person. I guess, but yeah, he full on just lets him out. He wishes to be let out and he's like, all right. And so the let's gate go. just opens and they just walk out together. Yeah. And that's how they get out. And that's how Osip loses his soul. This whole other layer that they could have developed. They could have. And I mean, like, you're going for a comedy, right? Why not make them friends? Why not right. make Why isn't this it just like, like a buddy fun, sort of like yeah, a uh, buddy situation? Yes. But no, nope. they do. They do still stick to the rules a little bit here when Osip asks for more wishes. And he's like, no, 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 that's not how it works. Everybody gets one. Thanks, Spider-Man. Everybody gets one. And like, that's it. You already got your wish. I already own your soul. And I can't, I can't grant you any more wishes. Because otherwise, he could just go around and be like, oh, sub wish for that thing. And then I can do it, you know? Because we mentioned in the first episode, he can't do anything unless it's wished for. And that's the important part, because they will just fucking forget about that later. Yes. And that's another reason why that whole freeze wish is pissing me off. Well, he, oh, yeah, he never it. wished for it. He just said freeze. He said freeze, which is a command, which he specifically says later that he can't just do it. If it's just a command, he can't do it. He needs to it be needs a wish. It needs to be a wish. Even if it's now, an implied wish, what's your wish to freeze? That would be fine. Right. Because the guy is saying, yes, this is my wish implicitly. But right? his wish is for you to freeze. Freeze. I'm no, telling no, no, no. you to freeze. But that's the other problem, though, is that... The only way the monkey's paw works is if you do not specify. And he did not specify. That's the, how that works. So I'm fine with that. My problem is, is that it wasn't a wish. There is a tiny little joke that happens in here that I really liked and they never bring it up again. So at one point, I think it's the priest is talking to somebody and they're like, no, what you're saying couldn't be true. Because if evil like this was existing in the world... Nature would respond. Things would be happening. And what, what they don't see is that they open like open up a newspaper. And on the outside, the first thing on the newspaper, it says, a volcano erupts. <laughs> I really liked that. It's uh-huh. like, that's a great little I didn't joke. even see that. I didn't even see that. But then that shit never happens again. Yeah. There is one more thing that bothers me, too, about the, the logic They're also very, very unclear as to whether or not the wisher needs to be aware of the fact that they're losing their soul. That's what I was saying earlier. He explicitly says to people many, many times, I will give you a wish in exchange for your soul and you need to willingly participate in this deal. Yes. Other times he just fucking grants wishes willy nilly and and those people lose their souls. And then later on, we're going to get a moment where he takes the souls of people who aren't even involved. Yes. That's That's where it all falls apart. We'll get there. What happens next? So the Russian guy immediately goes to his favorite Bar Club Siberia, because, of course, there's one of those. And, you know, there's the big Russian boss, and he wants to be the Russian boss. But, of course, you know, sometimes the rules matter. And this is one of them where Wishmaster can't grant that wish. So instead, they get the big boss to make a wish. And his wish is to have his enemy's head, which... You know, kind of clever. He yeah. gets the head of his enemy. Literally, his head turns into his him. enemy. His guys turn on him like, oh, what the fuck? How did yeah. you do that? Yeah. And that's kind of I don't believe dumb. that at all. But he does eventually, like, prove that he's not him, but he's kind of gone insane. 
over the fact that his face has changed, you know? Because now it's his greatest enemy. Yeah, and they, they so they drag him away, and now Oleg's like, I'm the big boss man now, because it's all about respect and fear, and my best friend just turned this guy's face into something else. Mm-hmm. Like, I am now the leader, and it lasts for all of two seconds. So we don't we don't see anything happen with Oleg being the leader. None of that means anything. Yes. And then we get sad Wishmaster because he still needs to get 800 more souls. Yeah, he didn't get enough in prison. He needs more. So then Oleg is like, why don't you go to Vegas? But then a minute later, Oleg is like, I shouldn't have done that because that guy's a crazy devil. He regrets it and ends up like talking to Morgana and Gregory (laughs) about all this stuff and like spilling the beans about it. Mm -hmm. And now... Vegas is where this movie just completely just crumbles apart. I don't even want to... It Trying to make sense of it is difficult. Looking through my notes, I'm just like, oh my god, it's just a giant... Everything fell off the cliff at this point. Agreed. So what's the plan in Vegas? After such a clever plan in prison, the djinn decides to pull a leprechaun... And goes to Vegas where people are desperate to have their wishes granted, right? So, like, that on its surface, it's an escalation of an already clever idea, right? Okay, great. There's even more people in Vegas. This is where he's going to wreak havoc. Instead, he poses as, like, a casino official or something who's showing up at this casino. And then the... What would you call him? The pit boss, I guess? Bo the guy King. who just randomly decides to give him a job for well, no that's good the thing. reason? No, no, that's the thing. I don't think he just gives him a job. I think he thinks he's sent from the parent corporation or whatever. But this is Bokeem Woodbine, and he is the one who ends up making the wish. Right? Doesn't well, he, he make said, a wish? He says. In fact, you might say the casino wishes everyone the best of luck. The casino wishes everyone the best of luck. Most assuredly. How nice. So he gets the casinos? Exactly. Soul? Exactly. No, he gets the souls of all of the people who didn't make a wish. Yes. So at the very most, you might be able to say he can get Bokeem Woodbine's soul. But no. No, even though it wasn't a wish for Bokeem Woodbine. It was a wish from the casino explicitly, mm-hmm. who does not have a soul. Nope. And instead, he then starts giving luck to all the customers, and they start winning until he's collected enough souls. And here's the other thing. The requirement is that he collects a 1,000 or a 1,001 souls, right? Mm-hmm. Not that he negotiates for a thousand and one souls. So even if he had talked to all these people individually and traded their uh, their wish for their souls, they got their wish and didn't die. He hits that 1001 mark and then he's just like, all right, give me all your souls. Yes. And then they just, everyone just dies. Mm-hmm. Like what? Yeah. Just because you own their soul doesn't mean you can just take it whenever you want. Yeah. You never said anything about that. The whole thing is that you need to kill them in clever ways with their wish Mm -hmm. because it's your only opportunity to get their soul right now. Yep. So why? why, ah, It's terrible. It's really bad. How do these people die? Several people just get their souls taken out of their bodies. But what else happens in this casino for no good goddamn reason? When he decides to claim everybody's souls at this moment, the casino games just come to life and start killing people. 
I wrote down, I'm sorry, are these people being attacked by casino games? Like the roulette wheel is rolling around chasing people and stuff? Uh, that uh, At that point, I think I had stopped taking notes because I was like, okay, so that girl, quote unquote, crapped out and all these. Oh, yeah. And she shits a bunch of coins. Um, yeah. And then frogs and locusts show up, which earlier, Bokeem yeah. said, he mentioned, are, is it going to be frogs and locusts? And and then they do come. And then the locusts, like, kill him. He's killed by the locusts? Like, that's not what locusts do. It's just a big mess. Somebody's chest bursts open, and I wrote, wait, why did his chest burst open? Like, none of it makes any sense. I wrote, the effects are fun, but why are they happening? Why There's is no any reason. of this happening? None of it is clever. None of it makes sense. None of it follows any of the rules that they have set up. But again, we did say there is a reason that she cannot just wish for him to be put back into his prison. Any wish that you make that is explicitly against the Wishmaster cannot be made. Yes. He says that evil you never dies. Uh-huh. And you cannot, therefore, any wish that, like, again, explicitly is against me cannot happen. So then you might be thinking, well, then how the fuck are they going to get out of this? Because earlier, the guy made a wish that would have changed the past and that didn't work. Yeah. And now we're being told that she can't just wish for him yep. to be put back. How, how are they going to resolve this? Well, because the first wish that they made at the very beginning of the film is just going to be forgotten about. And she's going to make the wish that she never shot or the guy never died or she never shot the guy. She never killed the... And because of that, yeah. the fire opal never, never got broken. And because of or that... Or I wish she was alive still or something like that. That doesn't even make any sense how that would lead to any of not. this. It does not. None of it makes sense. I wrote down, oh my God, there's half an hour left. And it's the half hour is just this last 30 minutes of just nonsense happening in this casino. She gets stigmata for no reason. Yeah, at one point, her and the priest, I think... She uses one of her wishes to get him down off the cross because the djinn crucified the right, priest. Right, but why they get put in there in the first place... They're like confronting him in a church or something. No, right? I think it is some somebody makes a wish that he gets sent to hell and then he's somebody like, Somebody says, Fine. go fuck yourself in hell. And, it's and like, he brings the two of them. You don't frighten us. God's already sent you once back to hell. Oh, please. Not that old story again. Hell is your world, not mine. In God's name, I command you out of this world. I wish you into hell, Demarest. Gotcha. There is a great line. It doesn't really ring well in this movie, but I think in another context, it would be really funny. He takes the two of them to his dimension, which is just a small set, right? And he says, at one point as she's freaking out, he's like, all right, I understand. You've had a tough day. I can see how this could get a little depressing in here, couldn't it? This place isn't exactly happy. All right. I understand. You've had a tough day. I can see how this could get a little depressing in here, couldn't it? This place isn't exactly happy. I know. 
what we need is a more wish-provoking environment. And it's like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. I like this. Yes. Well, I want more of that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but yeah, it, because they're in hell, the priest is now being crucified for some reason. So one of the wishes she makes is that he's let go. Also, How did he do stigmata. that without wishing? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, she gets stigmata. When he is crucified, her hands just start bleeding. <laughs> Like, what? Is this another, is she like the god's chosen warrior or something like that? Is that what we're supposed to be interpreting here? Oh, that's the next here? one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I wrote down, remember we asked at the end of the first one, how does every movie in the series not end with the person wishing the event that unleashed the djinn didn't happen? Well, they came up with a way around just doing the same old thing again, <laughs> and that is magic words. <laughs> I wrote down, wait, now he's just undone by magic words? I would have preferred the other thing. (laughs) She just says these magic words, and since she's so pure, she can say these magic words, like, Klaatu Verata Nikto. Nip Shigaroth Vahim. He just starts, like, shaking. And then his soul gets sucked into the opal. I wrote down, oh, no. Like, it's really frustrating (laughs) that it's just his soul because then it's the whole thing that's gone. Yes. Yeah, because his soul (laughs) gets sucked out of his body. His soul gets sucked out of his body and it's just him and it's a really bad effect. And it gets sucked into the opal and then his body's just gone is the (laughs) point that Kelsey's making. Like, wait, why not just suck him into it? Yes. Uh, I wrote down, like, my last note here of my thoughts on this movie was it just wasn't very fun. No. Like that's the problem. Very boring. It's just not very fun at all. And the first one was fun. My complaints were like, oh, you'll have to, I wish you would try to get through me or whatever. Right. And then Kane Hodder just turns into like stained glass and he walks through him. And I was like, oh, it would have been interesting since there's a glass door behind him and he has to go through the door. If he just got put, on the door and he pushed open the door or something like that. That would have been much like, those are the type of complaints I had about the first movie. (laughs) This movie is just terrible. It's very boring. It very boring. Makes no sense. Doesn't follow any of the rules. And and like, we didn't even hit all the highlights because it's not even worth it to find them guys. It's not that great of a movie. And the third one is even worse. Yeah, it it really, really is. The writer-director apparently says it's like, you know, yeah, the movie's a little dumb. Uh, I haven't seen it since I made it. It I thought it was kind of funny or clever. I think it has merit, but it's a movie that divides people. Maybe it just comes off as being silly. And I think he's right, but it's not silly in a fun way. No. Is the problem. I can deal with a silly movie. We watched house last week (laughs) that is a silly movie that i absolutely adored Mm -hmm. this is not that at all nope so what do you think it has on rotten tomatoes there's 11 reviews does it have 18 nine percent nine so one positive review so there's no consensus statement since there's only 11 reviews but the one positive review from forbes says the best effect remains Devoff, who plays the role with full intensity, even during the ridiculous moments. Yes. And, and he is Devoff like is the best in... thing about this movie. Mm-hmm. And then he's not in the third one. You're just like, no. He has this stupid fucking grin on his face the entire time, and he never goddamn blinks. And it's 
fun. That's the most fun you get out of this movie. Yes. So is 9% overrated or underrated? There is no Metacritic or Cinema Score, of course. Um... Well, keeping in mind, the original had a 23 Rotten Tomatoes. You gave it a 57. I gave it a 78. I am going to give this... Because I know I did laugh a couple times. I will give it a 10%. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think 10 is exactly the, the perfect score for this movie. It is just that bad that it almost gets single digits. But there are a few things that you're like, oh, that's a little diamond in the rough moment. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of rough. Yes. There's a lot of rough. Yes. It's just such a bummer to go from a movie that I enjoyed so much. It's not a perfect movie. It's I wouldn't even call it a great movie, but I just really, really enjoyed the first Wishmaster. And it's just garbage from here on out. Yep. So that brings us into our second movie, Wishmaster 3 Beyond the Gates of Hell from oh, 2001. Joy. Oh, joy. Directed by Chris Angel. Not that Chris Angel. Not the Chris Angel you're thinking. <laughs> Written by Alex Wright, once again credited with characters created by Peter Adkins. <laughs> Starring Jason Connery, A.J. Cook, Tobias Mailer, and John Novak. Is her name A.J. in real life? Her name is A.J. in real life. We know her as J.J. From Criminal Minds. <laughs> and she is the best thing about this movie. She's the best part of this movie. Also, I love that she invokes the spirit of Michael to save her. Oh, God. That's that's it. <laughs> that's it. About what this is this movie. movie about, Kelsey? It's fucking the same goddamn thing, only it's a new gin, and it sucks. It's and he all looks religious. Like so I said, stupid. She gets the spirit of Michael, the angel. It was 2001. Is, which is kind of a, a bonkers great idea, but it's so boring. It's 2001, so it's like, it's it's... It's late in the sort of the era of the 90s where everything was about, like, what if it was heavy metal Christian? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's late in that era. Like, Prophecy, which we still haven't done on this show, <laughs> with Christopher fucking Walken playing, I think, Gabriel. <laughs> like, it's just so good. But no, this is not that. No. It's not that at all. No. It is available to rent for $4 and buy for $7. Should people watch this movie? Nope. Even less than the last one. <laughs> yeah, this is... Ooh, I don't even know if we're ever going to do number four. I I mean, we got to finish out the franchise, right? We can't just leave it hanging. There are franchises we haven't even seen the second one. Of. That we will finish before we ever finish with. Yeah, it's just the movies aren't even good. Like, at least I know that the nightmare movies and the Friday movies and uh, the Halloween movies that when they get bad, they get fun a little <laughs> bit. You know, it, it. this isn't even that. It's just bad. Yeah. You could take our advice or leave it. When we get back, we will talk about 2001's Wishmaster 3, Beyond the Gates of Hell. They're students of an ancient mythology. Greg was just telling us how hard he's been working on the project. You should be careful. Boys who don't get the attention they need tend to look elsewhere for it. When you're this good, they never wander. 
Their search for knowledge is leading them to a secret, dead for centuries. What is it? We'll find out soon enough. This is like an evil Aladdin's lamp. He's being possessed by some kind of a demon called a djinn. Oh man, I do not believe this. If the djinn grants three of my wishes, he has the power to open the gates of hell. That's bad, right? Make your wish. No. Anne's already made her wish. She wants to lose a little weight. The only thing greater than his power. Three wishes. Otherwise, the souls closest to her will perish. He's gonna find me. Is the evil behind it? Only you can save her. Make your wish. Never. Fascinating. Wishmaster Three: Beyond the Gates of Hell. All right, Kelsey, get us started. How does Wishmaster 3 begin? What is her name in the movie? Because I will keep referring to her as JJ. Diana? Diana. And her real name is AJ. AJ, yes. We might call her JJ. (laughs) If you're a Criminal Minds fan, (laughs) go JJ. (laughs) We're up to the point where she got kicked off the show for most of a season. (laughs) But she's coming back at the end of the season. (laughs) (laughs) But this is well before that, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it would seem that Diana lost both of her parents to a car accident when she was a teenager because she was distracting her father from watching the road. Yeah, and she feels guilty for that. Yes, her entire life. She has harbored guilt and therefore has walls and cannot get close to people. Yeah. That's the most effective drama in this entire movie. (laughs) Let me tell you right now, a lot of the drama, the interpersonal drama that there is in this movie is so ham-fisted and manufactured that there's no reason for any of these people to behave this way or not just say a thing out loud like a post-it note problem. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) there's just a lot of, oh, you saw a vision of... Your professor, did you? I'm your boyfriend, and now I'm jealous. Yes, therefore, yeah, I saw a vision of him dying, and I need to go check on him. Well, I want to come with you. No, I need to do this on my own. Yeah. No, come with me so you can see I'm not cheating on you, and your help would be appreciated. Yes, because this seems like it could be a dangerous situation. Like it's people need to behave in ways that are just so counterintuitive. To just good ideas. <laughs> yeah, there's no rational thinking in this movie. In the entire movie. It's just a lot of manufactured drama and tension that is just bad. Mm-hmm. So we see all of this in a flashback sequence as she stands on the edge of a building looking down. Oh, this is more manufactured drama. Her boyfriend thinks she's committed suicide and she laughs at him. Yeah, (laughs) she's just hanging out up there on the roof. Yeah. She's just sitting down, not anywhere near the edge. So. (laughs) Haha, you thought I committed suicide. And then this like danger of her committing suicide is like throughout the entire movie and... They talk about it like that, but there's no indication that she's suicidal at all. It's kind of remarkable just how bad this is. (laughs) There is this chick who really wants her boyfriend and 
will get jealous that the teacher wants her and she has this boyfriend, so that's why she will get killed later on. Yep. Greg was just telling us how hard you've been working on the project. You know, Diana, you should be careful. Boys who don't get the attention they need tend to look elsewhere for it. Oh, I'm not too worried. When it is good, they never wander. She finds the... I guess... I, I didn't think it was the same thing as the fire opal. I thought it was a different... I think it's the fire opal. But she finds it in a box. So, yes, she is an assistant to her anthropology teacher or something. Who knows? It's not really clear. The teacher being a very important character, because that's how we're going to get around the fact that Devoff is not in this movie. Yes. Um, so He's going to be our djinn for the rest Because apparently of the, the djinn can now possess bodies. And that's what he's by, going to do in this. By taking their face off and then just turning into them. Yes. Like it's a new power he has that nobody wished for. It was like, oh, how cool would it be if we showed him taking his face off? Wouldn't that be gross? And it's like not really because when he takes the face off, it looks so it's so obvious that you just put like red goo on yes, the guy's face. Uh -huh. It's it's a bad effect. But more angering is you think they're gonna do something weird and gross with that? No, he just takes the face off and then what what what? Now he's just that person. Uh huh. Okay. So anyway, this is a really shitty puzzle box that she finds when she's working alone, like cataloging anthropology pieces. <laughs> I don't know what you would even call it. Like, it's not like, I guess artwork, but like, you know what I mean? They're going to stuff they're going to put in a museum. And this is such a shitty puzzle box. It like looks kind of like a sun. You just let your eyes go like it's a magic eye puzzle. And when they sharpen again, it'll look different. And then you touch it, and then the thing opens up. I and then the fire opal is inside. I think the way she was looking at it was more supposed to be that he was mesmerizing her and showing her how to open the box. But what so all that, that how that was communicated is the top of the box looks one way. Her eyes go blurry, like she is being hypnotized or something, but they go blurry. And doesn't she see a flash of him? Yeah, I think so. And then it resharpens, and now the top of the box looks different. And then she just touches it. And then a little door slides open. Again, I think it's supposed to be that he's showing it's, her how no, to open it. No, it's dumb. Oh, it's dumb. I think when she tells the professor how she did it, she's like, no, just look at it. Weird. And then it changes. Like, she even tries to describe it that way. It's weird. It's stupid. It's like, oh, I'm, oh, we're going to get some Hellraiser shit going on in here. And nope, no. nope, not at all. So the professor shows up and she gets spooked because he, like, sneaks up on her or whatever. And he says to her, what are you guilty of? People who get scared easily are obviously guilty of something. And it's just like, what the fuck? Uh-huh. No, he is pre-possession, just the worst human being. Yeah, And he continues to be the worst human being post-possession. There's this weird indication that he, I mean, he comes on to her at one point and she turns him down, and then and he he's gives a her dick like about a, it. He gives her a guilt trip about it. Yeah, he's a dick about it. I just want to take you out on a date. <laughs> like, come on. You're her professor, and she has a boyfriend, and she said no. Yes. And then he guilt trips her about it. Mm -hmm. I think this is a case for celebration. Have you had dinner? Actually, no. But Excellent. Um... I'll pop open a vintage Chardonnay, and we can decipher these inscriptions. And, and maybe you could tell me a little about yourself. I mean, beyond academia, of course. I, I mean, we spend so much time together, and the truth is, I hardly know you, Diana. 
I'm sorry. Oh, Professor, no. I, no. I have plans. I'm oh, sorry. I see. No. Um, you know, if I could change them, I... In any case, I don't think my boyfriend would understand. I don't appreciate the insinuation. Oh, no, I didn't mean it. Like. Oh, I just wanted to take you out to dinner. Nothing, you know... Oh, God, what a fucking dipshit. But, but I guess if you want to hang out with your boyfriend and I'll eat alone. Like, ugh. But there's, like, an indication that he raped his student, at some, one of his students at some point, but then it's also not ever confirmed if yeah. that actually happened. Because everything else having to do with this teacher is all about what the Wishmaster, what the djinn does yeah. in his body. Mm-hmm. So she leaves... And since she's released the djinn, he shows up now after she leaves, because he has a tendency to do that now, and he confronts the professor, and he looks so fucking goofy. Like, real, like they try for the same design, but it's on a different head shape and a different body, and the tentacles that come off the side of his head look a little floppier, and he's got a weak chin, and he, it's... It just does not look like him at all. And That's remember, why I'm saying it could just be that this is a different gin. What they're trying to do is disguise the fact that they don't have Divoff. So, like, what they're doing is that you only see the gin in his full gin form, not in his human form, and then he possesses an existing character, and now that character's the gin for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. But, like... Now, even when it's just the genie, I don't think it's a different character. I think you're giving the movie too many excuses that it doesn't deserve. Oh, really carry the way. <laughs> this guy is goofy looking in this getup is my point. <laughs> he also does a very silly voice when he's the yes. gin. And then in order to get the professor to make a wish so he can take his soul and everything like that, he apparently has a new power where he's just going to mimic a simulated rape. This is what you're talking about with the professor. Right. And, and you don't know if that actually happened or if he's just going to say that it happened. I think it, it felt to me like he was just going to say that it happened. But since he can mimic it perfectly, there's no denying it on the professor's part. So in order to avoid this scandal, he just agrees to make a wish. So, like, now the Wishmaster is just doing blackmail. Yep. What? With powers that he's never had before that he shouldn't be able to use because no one made a wish. That's the entire fucking point of the character. Yes. Yes. This movie does not give a shit about anything. The last movie was already saying fuck you to the rules. This movie is just like, eh, we're just going to do whatever we want. Yep. So he wishes for... The most beautiful women or the people, the women that he finds the most attractive, the two women that he finds the most attractive to show up. And it's just these generic models and movie types. Yes. That show up and take off their tops. But importantly, he wishes for them to be in love with him. Now, the Wishmaster is supposed to find a clever way Mm -hmm. to turn that wish against him. What would you expect them to do, Chris? I mean, I would assume that it would be, this is what I would think. I would assume that it would take a little bit longer and that they would be in love with them so they would be obsessed with him. And when he maybe like rejects them because it's a little bit too much, okay, I got to go home now or something like that. They get angry and then kill him that way or something like that. That's not what happens here. What do you think would happen? 
I was expecting them because he asked for two. Uh huh. I was oh, expecting yeah. them to come in and get jealous of each other and, and rip them him apart. The, yeah. Oh yeah. That's even more Wishmaster. That was exactly what I thought they were going to do. Nope. They just start making out with him, and we get this really creepy shot of the gin just like watching as he makes out with these women. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking creepy. And then they just... Kill him. Kill him. For no good reason. Yep. Nothing clever. Nope. Just, we're just gonna kill you now. Even though we're supposed to be in love with you. There's no dialogue. There's no quip. There's nothing. It's just, we're just gonna kill you. Yep. The djinn says, I think he says, till death do you part. (laughs) Yeah. That took all of two seconds of thought. And Diana is getting flashes of the professor dying during this process when she's hanging out with her friends and her boyfriend. So they have, there's four people in this friendship group, right? There's Diana, who's our main character, played by AJ Cook. There's Greg, Katie, and Billy. So Greg is her boyfriend. Katie is her best friend. And let me tell you, there's some real natural dialogue between these two ladies. Oh, yeah. And then there's Billy, who's just the dipshit college frat type, you know. That's dating her best friend. Oh, I'm going to do my thesis on sex in public. Girlfriend, do you want to work on my thesis? And, you know, like that kind of guy. Spiky blonde hair. You know, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And it's the four of them. And this is the moment when she's like, I got to go check on the professor. Greg's like, the professor, huh? Yeah. No, I just I just have to go. I'm not going to explain anything. I need to meet my professor alone. Let me come with you. No, it has to be alone. Right. Like, For what? no reason. What like, is happening? And what she just saw was that the professor was being mutilated. It's yes. just like, you don't want to bring your boyfriend? Why wouldn't Why? you take your boyfriend? Especially when he's expressed his a little bit of uncertainty and jealousy. Why wouldn't you, it, under any circumstance, if it's completely innocent, just be like, well, Come with me. I'll show you. Exactly. Like, even if it wasn't dangerous. It is so dumb. I just, I can't. This movie is bad. <laughs> we get a really bad fucking jump scare with a bull's head, but at the very least, the reason that they they did it was because they're going to use it later to kill somebody. And they yeah, wanted to uh-huh. make sure that the there audience knew that the thing was there. So at the very least, there was a reason for it. <laughs> So she goes to talk to her boyfriend, Greg, about what's going on. And she has somehow realized that she's unleashed an evil race of djinn. And he's not listening to a word she has to say. Mm-hmm. He is just totally laser focused on you're cheating on You're cheating on me. on me, aren't you? Again, this manufactured drama. So because he's not listening to her, she says... Any idiot could see that something is wrong. His tutorial was open with a fresh drop of blood right next to my name. Die. that could mean anything. And, and now he's not answering his phone, he's not answering his cell, his car's still in the parking lot, nobody can find him. Okay, calm down. For Christ's sake, any idiot can see that something's wrong. Which is just like, so obviously written to upset him. To cause conflict, yeah. Uh-huh. It, I don't know. It just feels like... Who wrote this? Yeah. Have they written anything else? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, nothing good. It's a bunch of bullcrap, including TV movies that this Alex Wright is the name of this person that they directed things like Hope at Christmas, Once Upon a Prince, The Mistletoe Inn, like 
that kind. Christmas Bell spelled hey B-E-L-L-E. I'm happy you have a job. Yeah, you found a niche. You found something you're good at. Uh-huh. This is not it. No. Writing horror movies is not it. But during this conversation, he brings up the fact that he loves her. And she cannot say that she loves him because her parents died. Because her parents died, she can't say she loves him. And that's going to be the big emotional conflict here, is that by the end of the movie, she's going to learn to say that she loves him. Yes, so she cannot talk about her feelings. Meanwhile, the djinn is busy. He needs to find the person who woke him up, the summoner or whatever it is they call this person. The awaker. The awaker. The, the awakener? awaker is the word the awaker. using. The awaker. You sure it's not the awakener? Oh, no, no. I am positive it's okay. the awaker. Because I was like... Oh, that's bad. I don't think that's the correct English. That's bad. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure it should be... If you're going to do that, it should be the awakener. <laughs> oh, wow. You could pick any word in that. Okay. Any word. Anyway. So, because he's out of college, he goes to, like, the records department and asks to look up a student, and the woman there is like, you can't just do that. It's Privacy great. concerns. The secretary is just like, no, fuck you. Like, and every, I know you're a professor. I'm not going to let you do that. Every time he tries to like get around <laughs> her, she's just like, nope. And then so one of the stupidest wish fulfillments in the entire movie comes up, where he gets her to say what she wishes for. And what she wishes for is for all these files to go up in flames so she won't have to worry about them anymore. What did you think was going to happen, Chris? I thought there was going to be a fire and she was going to die in the fire. Exactly. There was going to be a great fire and she was going to die in it. Instead, she goes to the file cabinet, opens a drawer, and a plume of fire comes out of a drawer. So not... All these files going up in flames like she wished for. It's just fire coming out of a filing cabinet, catches her on fire, and she dies. The most uninspired and just deeply ridiculous. Boring. So boring. Z- there's zero creativity in this film. Except that they get Michael. That's the one thing that's just, <laughs> it's so stupid. And it too. boggles your it's mind. So stupid. You're just like, Michael? The, the angel? What? <laughs> but they do. They go there and you're just like, ah, uh, let's see. Let's see how this plays out. Yeah. I have somewhere in between these I have written down. What's with these new powers and total disregard for lore? This best friend is absolutely terrible. JJ isn't bad, but the dialogue is awful. Like, what she's being asked to say is awful. it's terribly written. And I wrote down, wait, the files just spit fire at her? That wasn't her wish, not even remotely. Nope. And then we get to the church for some reason, is my next note. So, remember, guys, at this point, somehow, Diana has discovered she's unleashed this evil spirit. So she's going to go and do some research. Yep. It's montage time, but it is all of three seconds of montage Uh of her doing, quote unquote, heavy research and then falling asleep because she's been working for so long. Uh It is so spectacularly bad. Like, I was like, all right, here we go. Montage time. All right. Show us all the pictures, all the research that she's going to do. No. It's like three seconds of her looking back and forth at a computer screen, and then she falls asleep. This movie 
cares so little about your experience as a viewer that one questions why they made it at all. Right. It didn't need to be a Wishmaster movie, most importantly. Mm-hmm. Like, you could have made it any monster at this point. Also, they used the most dull music during this montage. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> because they probably had no money in the budget for musician. I guess because he's a teacher, he's now teaching. <laughs> yeah, he's just showing up for class now. Because <laughs> that's what you do. Uh-huh. Oh, right. Oh, because he was hoping oh, she yes. would be there. And he keeps Dad. asking, where is Diana? Why yes. isn't she here? Where is Diana? <laughs> yeah. So he's there looking for her. But so he gives this long speech about how Helen of Troy wished to be the most beautiful woman yeah, in the world. Yeah, and that's what started the Trojan War. And I'm like, so nothing happened to Helen? She just gets to lay back and watch all these men fight over her, Yeah, but her she, soul wasn't immediately taken yeah, by her Yeah, she's fine. Yeah. That must have been nice. I guess that, again, is that a different gin? Was that a nicer gin? Or yeah. was this before you learned your lesson to just kill people right away? Well, I think it, the, the the students are like, um, we're not getting into Middle Eastern anything until later in the unit. And he's like, well, no, now it comes in here. The gin <laughs> is actually what caused the Trojan War. Exactly. A little bit, a little bit interesting. Like, if you could follow that... It's just like an info dump. Like, nothing comes of it. It doesn't mean anything. Nope. But that would be something interesting, finding out that the djinn granting wishes is the cause of, like, a lot of shit happening Mm -hmm. horrible in the world's past. Mm -hmm. Like, that would be kind of interesting, but they do nothing with it. Nope. Nope. Well, because djinn nowadays just kill people right away. Yeah, uh uh-huh. That's more fun than a 10-year war. Uh Uh, I guess, you know, what probably happened is they were like, you know what? These 10-year wars are a lot of fun and everything. But don't we want to get around to just owning the Earth? Let's let's uh speed up the process here. (laughs) So Diana finds her friends who are like, what the fuck? Why didn't you come to class? The teacher was really wondering where you were at the time. (laughs) And And she's she's like, like, he was? Because he's a genie. But so she's like, you guys got to come to the library with me. And so they go and they find tons of books that are apparently about the lore of the djinn that she knew exactly like where they were and took them straight to them whatever i like i said guys she did all that research earlier so uh-huh. she clearly knows what she's doing while they are in the library still you know he's dre- he's the teacher so people still think he's the teacher he goes to the boyfriend of diana's best friend yeah the blonde idiot who, again, he just thinks that he's the teacher. So he asks him where we thought he was asking him where the main chicks were. Uh-huh. And he just gives the information freely. And we were like, what the Weren't hell? Weren't you just told that this guy was after them? But the truth is, he actually was asking about the other girls yeah. in the class. I guess because they would be easy prey to get their souls. Even though that Maybe. doesn't really come up in this movie. Yeah. I don't know. We're back down to just needing... The Awaker to to wish three things. But he does encounter Gregory, and Gregory, he tries to trick him, but remember, Gregory has been in the library with Diana, so uh-huh. now he knows things are going on, and the djinn tries to trick him into making a wish, and he goes, if you wish, I'll leave you in peace, 
and the guy just says thank you. He doesn't uh-huh. get he doesn't he get doesn't tricked into get making the wish, the wish. Yeah, which is great. And you see the you see the gin just being like, hey, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> This is when I think Gregory is kind of agreed with Diana. He finally believes her or whatever. And I think he goes after Diana. And Diana has, in her research, decided that the church is where she needs to go. We don't really get any reason why she goes there. Yeah, I wrote down, this is my my note that I mentioned in the last movie. They keep trying to make the Wishmaster an enemy of the Christian church. This creator god of all that is good from a completely different religion is now a christian demon like it's so disrespectful number one well i mean okay look if you want to create a universe where all these different religions exist exist together and these gods actually exist they might be enemies they might be enemies i mean if there is a benevolent god or benevolent gods. Uh-huh. They would be anti the evil demons, I assume assume. But all they're what they're doing is they're making everything like, oh no, the Christian faith is the one true faith, and all these other faiths are actually just distortions of people worshiping demons of the Christian faith. Like that's so fucked. If you want to look at it that way, yes. I do, because that's the way they talk about it. So Here's what's going to happen. Now that we're in the church, the professor confronts Greg and Diana and reveals that he has granted the wish of his new teaching assistant that's replaced Diana. And she wished to just lose a little weight or whatever, right? So then she starts just vomiting up fat and stuff like that. And she's in great pain. And he's laughing. the grossest, scariest... Effects, yeah, maybe. And so she aside from him being a bubbling thing. Oh no, wait, that's in the that's in the last one. Yeah, second Mm -hmm. one. She uses her first wish here to wish for her pain to stop, and she finds out that that's a bad way to make wishes because he just kills her. Right. If he, I I want her pain to stop. Okay, Uh stop her pain. She's dead. So she realizes. Okay, I got to be careful with my wishes, and this time. Again, out of fucking nowhere, she wishes to invoke the spirit of the Archangel Michael because to help picture, me stop you. Because there's a picture of him. So stupid. And yeah, she looks over at a stained glass window and sees the Archangel Michael and like, oh, that's what I can do. But I can invoke like, the spirit of the Archangel Michael. But I'm just like, bitch, have you never seen the craft? Invoking the spirit is not a good yeah. idea. So as but this it's lights, okay. well, as this lights coming into her, Greg's like, no. And he like jumps in front and he takes on the spirit of the Archangel Michael. Now. Yes. And then he reveals this flaming sword and now we're just going to get a fucking Mortal Kombat fight scene in <laughs> Wishmaster. Yes. What the fuck? This is, I wrote down, this is fucking embarrassing. Just a low budget action fight scene in the middle of a Wishmaster movie. And there will be more than one. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is embarrassing. She's like, I want to use the sword at one point. And he's like, the sword of justice will be yours when you're ready for it. Yes. What the f- Now there's a prophecy about the sword of justice? <laughs> is this an episode of Power Rangers? What is happening? If the sword of justice did exist, 
I imagine you would need to prove your worth before being able to wield it. Just like you are giving Thor's hammer no. existed, you would need to prove your worth before you can wield oh, interesting. it. Interesting, you're mentioning something from the movie about Thor. <laughs> this is a Wishmaster movie. And now we're talking about the sword of justice and earning the right to wield it. From the Archangel Michael. I don't know if it's Michael or if it's the Wishmaster, but somebody has a great laugh of triumph here during this I don't remember. fight. <laughs> and Greg, the guy who plays Greg, is just, it's so, he's just like, I am the Archangel Michael. And like, you know, like he just talks kind of funny. very silly. And th yeah, they don't do much to make him sound like an Archangel. You summoned the demon woman. These wounds should be the least of your concerns. It's just an actor trying to be like, I don't know, act like an archangel would. <laughs> Maybe have a deeper voice. Yeah. <laughs> that way the audience can tell that you're not the same yeah. character. Uh -huh. They get away here somehow. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. But remember that chick that we said wanted Greg because he was Diana's boyfriend and she was jealous of Diana? Now she has access to the teacher because diana doesn't want the teacher she's like i want you to break my heart so he does literally. yeah uh-huh and her heart explodes in her chest yeah there's also he comes across uh the best friend's boyfriend again who responds to his threats with blow me okay what do you think would happen in a Wishmaster movie if somebody wished to be blown? Uh, blow me. I, no, I did think that this was what no, I was thought be blown for into sure, something. I thought for sure he was going to be blown up, like he was going to expand and get bigger and bigger and bigger until he finally exploded or something, like Mr. Creosote in The Meaning of Life. But no. The Wishmaster just goes, okay, <sighs> Until he gets pushed back into the horn of that bullhead that, that we, we saw, saw earlier as a jump scare. And now he's just dead. What a boring death. Yeah, well, the whole movie is boring as shit. Meanwhile, the best friend's trying to hide and gets on the phone with Diana and is, like, hiding under a desk while the, while the professor's looking for her. And she says to Diana, I just wish there was some place to hide. Now... What would you assume the Wishmaster would do to somebody who wished for a place to hide? Put them somewhere where they can't get out. They can't breathe. Maybe they're buried underground. Yes. Something like that. Yes. What does he actually do? He takes her into a, only her head into a rat cage. A completely transparent rat cage. He shoves her head into be it. A place to hide. And until her face is chewed up by rats. How is that any? How, huh? Oh. Oh. What the, the fuck are they doing? Never write anything ever again. Oh my god. Just the level of I don't give a fuck. Right. Is kind of astounding. You want a place to hide? Okay. Rats are going to chew off your face. What? And if you wanted to do that, why not make it like a rat den? Yeah, or make her hide sewers. in a rat den. Yeah, something. Just putting her head in a rat cage is not hiding. The, yeah. It's so fucking infuriating just what they did to such an awesome concept. It's not 
infuriating anymore to me because it's just like they just don't care so i just do not care and now we need to deal with the fact that the fourth wishmaster movie is made by the same people days after this one do not want to see it nope no desire to see it but let's we're not done yet before diana's best friend's boyfriend dies by getting blown into the horns yes i want to point out that he goes looking for his girlfriend and the way that he does it is he's just kind of running around parties yelling like have you seen my girlfriend there's a party <laughs> going on and somebody's like a receptionist for the party and we never really see the party we just see people kind of milling around and there's back and forth into this dorm building and out of the dorm building and back to this dorm building and then back out of it just over and over again it's like they had no idea how to tell a story or what they were doing no none when Diana is speaking to Michael, Michael keeps calling her woman. Yeah. Like, as if he's putting her down, and she puts an angel in his place, which is kind of fun. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think a, a an angel would care a whole lot about the gender of a human. I think if an angel... We talked about this while watching it, and I think you disagree with me, but I think if an archangel particularly, like Michael, had anything to say to a human, he'd be calling them human. Because human is derogatory enough. Right, but I think here they're kind of chiding the church for not not being, liking women not liking yes. women but, but why then the it, fucking angel but then would why are shit? you turning the religion into the savior then right. it's exactly the, the an angel would either be fully bought into god's plan and love humans just like he does or resent the fact that he loves humans and recognizes humans as weak and historically the archangels in many different sources, the archangels are like, fuck humans. I don't give a shit about humans, but I am part of God's army and I will do anything for him. Like, that's that's what the archangels are like in those sort like, obviously not from actual religion. In actual religion, an angel is like, you know, a hundred wheels with a hundred eyes with wings. And like, it's something that the human eye cannot behold without exploding. Like, that's what an angel really is. But in... Fictional contexts. The idea that an angel is just sexist doesn't make any sense. But so the djinn explains that only the waker can kill the genie, but can only do so when they are ready. Because they can't wield the sword of justice. But that can't be the only way that people have killed him in the past. Uh-huh. Well, nobody's ever killed him in the past. They just locked him up. Also, I'd like to point out that we have not said the name of the teacher this entire time. Do you know his name? It's like Dabish or Barish. It's specifically Joel Barish. Or, no, it's Joel Barash. Barash. Joel Barash. Yeah, uh uh-huh. In the whole fucking movie, I was like, Joel Barish? Who the fuck is Joel Barish? I know that name. Who's Joel Barish? It's the name from Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. Is it really? It was bothering me the whole time. I was like, Barash. There's something wrong there. It should be Barish. And that would be why. So they're spelled differently, but it's practically the same name. That is really interesting. You're right. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) It was bothering me the entire movie. After the whole rat thing, the djinn says, no one will ever find you again. So that's his explanation for how that's hiding. But how they'll never find her again, I don't know. I don't know. 
something jumps on from off screen. I don't know what it is. I'm Maybe sure there the was gin. something funny. Somebody going, ha ha. <laughs> There's an accident that's a lot like Diana's parents' accident. Okay, so that, so, th- okay. Ah, Jesus. Okay, so first there's another fight scene <laughs> between the djinn and the Archangel Michael in Greg's body. <laughs> I wrote down, yay, another fight scene. At one point, this is how we learned that only the Awaker can kill the Jinn because the Archangel Michael stabs him in the heart with the sword and nothing happens, right? And then at some point in the fight, the Jinn tries to choke out the Archangel. And it's like, okay, so you don't have a heart, but the angel has lungs. <laughs> okay, cool, fine. I wrote down, why is this an action movie? Because then there's a fucking car chase. Yes. There's a car chase. Mm -hmm. And in order to, I don't know, get away or cause the gin to crash or whatever's happening, Diana, who is driving, gets into an accident that is eerily reminiscent of the one that her parents got into. (laughs) Get it? The car flipped over like her parents. And then she needs to drag Greg the Archangel out of the car, and apparently he's concussed. And the music is really bad again. Music is not correct. Just does not match what's happening on the screen. Did you know that Archangels could get concussed? I did not. Because apparently they can. (laughs) I also realized... She's wearing the same clothes she's been the wearing entire the entire film. movie. Yeah, uh-huh. I realized that at this point. I was like, she's never changed. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, he's on top of the car. That's what they're doing. They're like fighting. It's one of those car fight scenes, and the Jin cl- runs after them, a la Terminator Two, and then jumps on the car and is like attacking them in the car, and that's when she flips the car over. Like, oh my god. Here's what I wrote. Oh my god, that fall and the plastic sword. He popped up and that is hilarious. Oh my god, his fake dead area. I don't know what that means. Okay, so what's happening here (laughs) is that she, in order to earn the sword of justice, Michael tells her at some point that you need to be willing to die to save all of humanity or to save the world or something like that. And so she's like, oh... I wasn't suicidal before. Remember when that was an element of my character that I wasn't actually suicidal? (laughs) Well, now I can be suicidal because if I can't ask for my third wish, he can never take over the world and he'll still be alive, but at least the world is a little bit more safe. And so her desire to kill herself is what allows her to wield the sword of justice. And then I think he falls on the sword or something like that. They fall off together. Right? Doesn't he, like, attack her and she stabs him and then yes. they both fall off? Oh, my God. The fall. The fall of them going down. And she survives because she lands on him or something like that. I don't know. Apparently, it's very obvious that it is a plastic sword at this point. And yeah, then yeah, he, like, he pops up. <laughs> yep. After they fall? Yeah. And she's going to die, but then Michael, the archangel, like, heals all of her wounds. And then he disappears and Greg's back. But then now that the djinn is dead, so it like, he kind of, oh, I know what, what you're talking about. Yeah, it, he kind of like burns up and then the grass is burned up in the shape of the djinn oh, on the yes, ground the with shape. just the sword there. Yes, it's so terrible And looking. then in some shots, that's just not even there. <laughs> it's just gone until they do the aerial shots again. So yeah, he's disappeared and supposedly dead. So this is the one movie that gets a direct 
sequel. It's the one movie that gets a direct sequel. It's also the only movie where they outright kill the djinn. So how are they going to do a direct sequel? I don't know. But more importantly, more importantly, Michael leaves Greg's body, at which point Diana is finally able to say those three magic words, I love you. And that's her character development. And now they're alive and together. Yep. Two of them. Yep. Movie bad. That's that movie. Movie bad. Very bad. I, oh, God. Not interesting in any way, not funny, not clever, not anything. Nope. It's bad. So what do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Is it zero? It does not have an official reviewer score because there are only three reviews, but those three reviews are all negative. Mm-hmm. It has an audience score. What do you think the audience score is? Which doesn't work the same way that reviewer scores work, but it's a, the score we have to work with. Maybe 13. 17. There you go. What do you think this movie should be? Do you think 17 is overrated or underrated? Maybe slightly overrated. I think it's very overrated. Keeping in mind the fact that Wishmaster 2, we each gave 10. Yeah, okay. If Wishmaster 2 is a 10, this is a zero. Straight up. But JJ... Yeah, and she's given bullshit to do, but and JJ, it makes her look bad. I don't want to give it a zero. I know, JJ. but it it disrespected JJ. Fine, I'll give it a zero. No, no, no. I don't, what do you actually want to give it? I was going to give it a three. Okay, that's fair. I will give it a zero for the both of us. Okay. It is just awful. I guess when I said slightly overrated... I meant way overrated. (laughs) Like, it's so disappointing, specifically because I unexpectedly really enjoyed the silly movie that was the first Wishmaster. Like, it was silly, it was fun, it was clever. I was very surprised by just how much I enjoyed that movie. Then we get Wishmaster 2, and I'm like, oh, this doesn't live up to the first one not even close. No. Nope. And then we get Wishmaster 3, and it's, this is an abomination. Mm-hmm. It should never have been made. Mm-hmm. The Wishmaster movies just get worse, and I can only imagine how bad the fourth one is. Mm-hmm. Although odds are, I might like it better. It can't get any worse at this point, right? Oh, I'm sure it can get worse. <laughs> Kelsey's 3 could go to a 0. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh... Anyway, that is Wishmaster 3, thus ending Wishmaster Week on Pod Cemetery. Kelsey, what are we watching next week? Next week is Friday the 13th, guys! It is! So we're doing two special things here. First of all, we're watching which Friday the 13th movie? We're on number four, the one with Corey Feldman. It is important to note... This is supposed to be the final chapter. This is the one called the final chapter. They thought they were going to be done after four. I guess they just didn't know at the time how these things worked. (laughs) But I guess every one of these franchises needs, like, a final nightmare and all that. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Freddy's dead. Mm -hmm. So, 1984's Friday the 13th, the final chapter, which is just the fourth in, like, ten movies. (laughs) What are we pairing up with it? We're going to do something else with our second movie. What are we pairing up with it? Well... 
So I initially had this thought because I wanted to do it with the second one. But we cannot start a trilogy on the second movie. We just can't. So what we're going to do is we're going to start the trilogy of Fear Street. Yeah, we're going to actually do Fear Street. We talked about it, non-spoiler thoughts, in our last couple episodes. It's about a stalking killer. Yeah, it's a slasher. Yeah. With a mystical twist. Yes. So, slasher movie week next week, but particularly, it's Friday the 13th, and it's like, is it the only one we're going to get all year? Yeah, it's the only... Friday the 13th movie we're going to get this year. Mm -hmm. So really looking forward to that and starting Fear Street. Now, we're not going to do Fear Street Part 2 next week or anything like the week after or anything like that. But they'll come a little bit in rapid succession because it is a trilogy that's kind of like a mini series. Like these movies sort of have to go together. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to wait too long before we get to the next one. So keep an eye out for that sometime in the near future. So next week... Friday the 13th, the final chapter, and Fear Street 1994, Mm -hmm. I believe, is the first one. Yes. That's next week. Until then, you can catch us at our website, podcemetery.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at podcemetery, which I would highly recommend. Don't forget to subscribe in your podcatcher of choice and rate and review. Guys, it would be a huge help if you can give us a five-star written review That would really help us out quite a bit on top of sharing us with your friends and listening in the GD first place. Those reviews would be the biggest help actually this time around. Thank you all very, very much. We love each and every one of you until next week. I've been Chris. I've been Kelsey. And this has been pod cemetery. But before we go, Kelsey, any last words? Everybody needs help. Even the devil. I don't want to be buried in a bed. I don't want to live my life again I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery I don't want to live my life again Fall addicted to the sacred place To see the dream I can't My wish is to slow dance with you for one minute, Compton style. Are there any gates of hell? I guess this is the re- the overtly religious one, so kind yes. of. Mm-hmm. We'll get us started. Fighting Michael. Can you say that again? He's fighting Michael. Yep. All right, let's save this. I was about to get us started on the next part of the episode. Specifically because. Because? Because. <laughs>